We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Fantasy Football Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Chris Liss. As always, we're sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Today is Monday, December 16th. Week week 15 almost in the books. And since we did the uh start of the since we did the XM show this morning, Chris, there's been a lot of news. Uh starting off with Josh Gordon suspended indefinitely for uh, abuse uh in depth violating the league's policy and performance enhancing and substances and substances of abuse. Did the, the Pats know this was coming? Is that why they got rid of him? Yeah, that, that's what I kind of thought is that they probably already knew that he was doing it. And it, the closest thing I can think of to Belichick is like the mafia. Like they kind of police their own. They're not going to like report him. They're not going to like turn him into the authorities, but they might just be like, uh, you can't, you can't work here anymore. And they just let him go and not say anything about it at all. Right. So I bet they kind of knew what was going on probably before like somebody probably Belichick probably had, you know, people just told him, Hey, you know, we know this guy's doing some stuff. That's my guess at least. Yeah. That's a shame. And, you know, it might've been like, he was trying to rehab that ankle injury 
You could, you know, there's, I don't want to even, it's not even worth speculating. It's sad. It's really sad. Yeah, we have, we really don't know. We really don't know. We know that he did something. Right. It's sad. We know that and, he got suspended for allegedly doing something is what we actually know. Yeah. And I, I would be surprised if he's in the NFL again after this. I mean, this is f- five times that he's been suspended. So, yeah, I, I can't imagine anyone. You know, you know what's funny is you and I talked about this, how he was Brady's most uh, efficient per play receiver last year, even more than Gronk. And we're like, how can they let him go with no receivers to fall back on? Mm-hmm. But I think they probably let him go because they figured he was going to get busted eventually. And at least they could prepare for it with, for more time to get like another guy, you know, other guys in there. Whereas like Seattle, luckily for them is reasonably healthy receiver. So they don't really need him. So they're not like they have Lockett and DK Metcalf and you know, the David Moore and Jerron, but they have enough guys. I think that it's, it's not as bad as it would be for the Patriots. Like if the Patriots lost Josh Gordon for this in week 15, they might be kind of screwed. Yeah. Especially because Julian Edelman has got tendon damage in his left knee. They revealed that today uh, that he played through that. Uh, he suffered uh, the injury against the Chiefs. Apparently, that's you know it was, it was a little bit more. The reporting on him was a little bit different going into this game against the Bengals. That you know they were going to put him through the paces on uh, Sunday morning to see if he could play. You know, traveled with the team. You know, he's been questionable every single week because of the chest. But you know, this is something a little bit different. And you know, he didn't look as great. He didn't have a good game. Uh, makes you wonder what's he going to do against the Bills uh, this upcoming week. It's a Saturday game too. Yeah, I mean, if Edelman's compromised, they're thin. Nikhil Harry looks like a player to me. He's made yep. a couple of runs. He made it, he really scored two touchdowns the last two weeks. Only one of them counted due to bad refereeing. But maybe he's good. I mean, we can't say that that was a bad. You know, there's so many good receivers in this class that you know they'd probably rather have Terry McLaurin or uh, AJ Brown right now. But or DK Metcalf. Maybe Harry is good in his own right. He's just yeah. been hurt for most of the year. Yeah, and. You know, he got like two snaps the week before against the Chiefs. Makes you wonder, like, why why aren't they using him more? And I get it. You know, it takes time to learn the Brady system. You know, you got to kind of be on the same page with them. But time's of the essence. They got to get him going. I mean, and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a bunch of snaps. We might not even see Edelman on Saturday. I wouldn't be surprised if that's a result. I think that's going to be something really worth watching, I think. It's not like the Patriots offense with Edelman. They got 4.4 YPA. Yeah. Against the Bengals. I mean, it's, it's not working as it is. There's no real, they may as well just experiment, try something, but Harry looks like you know he's bigger and more athletic. He's not as fast as Josh Gordon, but he's bigger and more athletic than the other receivers. Right. That's right. Uh, Dalvin cook left with that shoulder injury. Mike Zimmer today said, Oh, he feels good. He'll be able to play through it. He said this before though. I get the same vibe with cook as I got with James, you know, after the James Connors, uh, scenario where okay he, he's he's back he's good he's playing through it had a setback and it kind of feels like this that's the case here too the difference is like their top backup alexander madison is also out um and who knows if he'll be back this week with that ankle injury mike boone looked okay but they've got a massive game this week against the packers yeah i, I really don't know i mean they said that the injury to his shoulder is not related to the chest injury that he had that kept him right limited uh, a couple games ago. So who knows, who knows how much of this is also like disinformation for the Packers. Right. This is the game of the year for them. I mean, they win this game. Actually the Packers beat them the first game. So I don't know who has the tie break in the division. Probably have to go by division record. And I'm not sure who's lost to the, I think the back, the Packers swept the bears. I think they swept. I, 
maybe the Bears beat the Vikings one game. I can't remember. Anyway, depends who has the tiebreaker. Uh, now that the Rams have lost, if Green Bay still has the tiebreaker and Green Bay plays the Lions in Week 17, this actually might not be that big a game. Uh, it's big as the Packers win, they clinch. I know that. Um, well, right, they clinch the division, but I'm saying like, and that's huge. The Packers this year, may though. still win the division with or without this win. Um, yeah, I. And, well, and let's looking at the schedule too. Uh, Vikes have a home game against the Bears. The Packers have a road game against the Lions. Both should win, but. Yeah, I don't. I, I haven't read the, the playoff scenarios, but it's it's pretty massive, though. I think because you really want to avoid the wild card this year. You know, you don't want to have uh-huh. to have a, a road game as like the the you, you know either the five. You know, well, you want to be the six seed and not the five. That's the funny. Th- I mean, no, no, you want to be the five seed be- desperately over the six. What am I talking right. about? You definitely want to have to face Dallas instead of or or Philly. Uh, okay, in, so instead of uh, here's the deal. Third seed. The Vikings lost to the Bears in week four. And the Packers, I believe, swept the Bears and swept and beat the Lions the first time. The Packers have three losses. They lost to the Niners, Chargers, the Eagles, and Chargers. And they lost to the Chargers. That's it. Yeah. So if the Packers lose to the Vikings, they have the same record. The Packers still win the division, assuming they beat the Lions in week 17. Oh, because of conference so it's a conference record? For the Packers, it's a big game for the Packers because. They could get a first round buy if they win out. I think if they go thirteen and three, yeah. But if they, but the Vikings will still get the the five seed, or the six depending. Um, even if they beat the Packers this week, because if the, all the Packers have to do is beat the Lions in Week Seventeen, I think they win the division with splitting with the Vikings and having a better divisional record. I think. Yeah, I have to read the scenarios there to see see what the real thing is. And the thing is, like the the three seed is going to be very good. It's going to be a great team. It's either going to be the Saints, the uh, the winner of the central, winner of the North, or the winner of the West. You know, it's either going to be Saints, Packers, Vikings, Niners, or Seahawks. And one, of, you know, two of those teams are going to be your wild cards. Uh, it that's that's loaded. I mean, there, there there's it's going to be a real battle to avoid being the sixth seed. You really want to be that five seed if you don't make it. So I think what we're going to really see, though, in week 17 is all these teams playing hard, unless like there's some real huge fallout this week. Uh, that It's pretty crazy that seeding matters so much this year. Yeah, I, it's interesting because, I mean, again, all the Packers have to do is win in Detroit, and I think they win that division so that whether or not they beat Minnesota. So it's either going to be the – and, and if, if they do beat Minnesota, Minnesota will be the – will be the six. And if they don't beat Minnesota, if, uh, and then most likely the loser of the Niners Seahawks game will be the five. That's probably what it's going to be. Yeah, that's right. They, they do play each other in week 17. That's right. Oh, so, man. I mean, there's weird stuff happens all the time, but if it goes to form, then, then the Vikings are, are almost certainly going to be the six, I would say. Yeah. What a colossal lay down by the Rams when you think about it. I mean, they they had a chance to get into the playoffs still, but they completely blew it by getting just and not just get beat, but got destroyed. Oh, got by destroyed. The Cowboys. It was destroyed. They were totally destroyed. Yeah, they were so sharp the last two games. They just looked so. You know, one of them was against Seattle, who's eleven and three. I mean, they they totally took it to Seattle and they were slinging it around. Now I know Seattle's defense isn't very good, but Dallas's defense was not very good for a while. So surprising how poorly they played against. Dallas, I guess Dallas is significantly better at home and the Rams are, have been worse on the road, but 
They went to Arizona six days after getting annihilated by Baltimore and just killed them. Yep. So not like Arizona's any good, but it just I thought they had solved something. The other weird thing is I heard on the broadcast that they went back to eleven personnel again, which was sort of the thing that had gotten solved last year. Yeah. So it was just a very, very bizarre what happened there. Yeah, it is. It's it's extremely bizarre. So uh yeah, I don't yeah. It, it, I, I don't know what to think of the Rams. And now they get it's Rams and uh Niners this week as well. That's another really interesting, intriguing game. So a lot of stuff going on like that. Yeah. I mean, right. I mean, the Rams is going to, it's, they're kind of like Dallas in that, you know, it's so much easier to just have a conclusion about a team. Like I did like, Oh, the Rams suck. Oh wait, no, the Rams are good. Oh, actually they're really good. And I hope I see them in the playoffs and they will be a dangerous team. No, they suck. It's so easy to just yeah. have it be binary. But what if they're just like a weird team that, happens to have wide swings and variants game to game and their coach has some abilities to figure things out and he has some blind spots and it's just, we can't just, we can't just sum them up and like easily quantify them. They're, they're very volatile. I think that applies to almost, you know, I'd say to 25 teams. I think we know or 20 teams, you know, I don't know what the number is, but I think it applies more than we think it applies. I think that volatility is the rule. That it's it's really hard to get any sort of weekend week out sort of knowledge. We know what this team is going to do. Yeah, look at the Niners this week for crying out loud against. Yeah, the, I, I think that was just a letdown game though. I think there were some injuries. They had a dramatic, very hard fought game on the road last week. Yeah, they had two actually in a row, and I think this was just kind of a letdown game. I don't think it was. Um, we'll see, but it didn't seem like I, I wouldn't just after that game said, this is indicative of some fundamental property of them. No, I agree. I agree. I, that's the whole, the whole point though, is that any team there is, are no fundamental properties. Yeah. It's, it's very hard. You know, it, we're dealing with human players and they don't, they have different values every week. It's so, that's why it makes like the Patriots 16 and no team so rare. I mean, that's why it's so damn hard. And that's why it's so damn hard to be Owen 16 for that matter too. Yeah. I mean, it's like a particle in a wave, right? Like it, it's the, we, we try to, we evaluate them as particles cause we get a snapshot in time, but it's actually a wave. And so it's like, it's not really any one thing, right. but we try to project the trajectory of the wave, like where it is on its rotation up and down. And it's not easy to project that. Right. I mean, the, the sort of models like Rufus's model and stuff, they're sort of fictions, right? They're just trying to, they're just giving you better information about, you know, and analyzing it like a particle, like, listen, this is what this team has done. Typically teams that do this, this is what, you know, this is what the past tells us about the future. This is, this is sort of the right value for this team, mm-hmm. but it's, it's just like even more of a fiction. It's like, well, assuming this team were a particle, this is the best way to evaluate it. And since we don't know which direction it's going to go in as a wave, we're just going to get the best sort of expected value estimate, even though, um, specifically, we don't really know, but over time we're going to be right more than we're not. That's sort of the model's way of looking at it. Whereas like the, the truer thing is it's a wave and you, you know, it's going to go somewhere from here. It may not be steep where it's, it may be, you know, sort of flat or maybe up or down, but it's, it's probably not what it was before. And it's not what it is this moment. It's going to change. And that, that way of looking at it though, even if it may be more truthful, we don't have real tools to say which direction it's going in. And so, in the end, a lot of people end up falling back on just the models that say, well, 
okay, we don't know what the trend, the trend doesn't mean anything. It just, right. You go in either direction. We're just going to give you an expected sort of performance level. Right. I think that's sometimes all you can do. Um, and you know, there, there might be certain matchup factors, uh, that key one game or another, but I mean, look at the Falcons. They're all over the map. I mean, their defense was, you know, special bad for eight games a season. They come back after the bye. They switch defensive coordinators. They're great for two games, but then the Bucks carve them up again. And the Saints well, the Bucks are good though. Oh, Bucks are really <laughs> good, but so are the Niners. That's my point. The Niners are a good offense. And then I think the Niners were just a little flat. I just think they, yeah. they had a massive game at home against green Bay. Then they went to Baltimore for like the best two records in the league. Yeah. Then they went to new Orleans, the best two records in the NFC. And they got a home game against Atlanta. And so, you know, Atlanta's a professional team. They're not, remember I told you early in the season, they're professional, a professional team. team. I, I remember that. Arizona and they, yeah. <laughs> I didn't get, although I should have got the cover. There was some crazy thing that happened. Like it was like some bounce that went against me, but um, they are a professional team and they were coming on the road with a professional quarterback and Julio Jones, one of the top five receivers of all time. And, they were able to get a win. You know, it's Julio Jones gets two touchdowns after not getting any since week three. Yeah, that's yes. That was kind of strange. There's a lot of strange stuff. The other thing I mentioned this on the air, 13 catches for 134 yards, exactly for both Julio and Kittle. Right. Nobody else in the game had 30 yards receiving. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. A lot of uh, frustrated Debo Samuel and Emmanuel Sanders owners on the uh, Atlanta side. You can see it and there's no Ridley. Uh, None of the other guys were, you know, uh, the, the type that would make you worry. So, of course, that that so that that actually followed form. Really kind of weird. Hooper got that game-winning touchdown, though. Uh, or no, he didn't. No, he That's didn't. right. He should have Remember? had the game-winning touchdown. I don't think no, that should have no. been overturned. I thought that was a good call. I thought it was a good call. I don't I think they ever showed it. Like, I think it like the ball was on top of his foot, less than the ground. But I don't know. I, I thought I, it I thought was a like, not overturned I, sort of play. I thought the case for him catching it was that he sort of palmed it like you could palm a basketball and then mm-hmm. it like touched the ground, but he had control in his palm kind of, Yeah. but then it got loose after it touched the ground. So I thought that was, I could see that. I guess I could see that. And I will say I had to remain, con- remain consistent. You know how I hate the whole primacy of the you know, original call, especially if it's the ref itself that goes to review his own call. You're like, uh, okay. Yeah. You know, or his own, or his cruise call as the case may be. You know, if it's, if it's in, if it's a centralized over uh, overview of the call, then I get it a little bit more, but I don't know. I just, I don't like, I, I, I don't like that. You have to, it has to be indisputable to overturn. I'd rather it be what's more likely to be right and call, go with that. Right. right. Why is it all, you know, it's like the beyond a reasonable doubt criminal trial to overturn. It should just be preponderance of the evidence. Yes, regardless, it should be right? a civil trial, a not a, it should be a civil case and not yeah, a criminal why, case. Absolutely. Yeah, why should, why there, should there be such a strong burden um, but then, but the other, uh, what was also interesting about that was the first one was called a touchdown and overruled. The second one was called short and overruled to be a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It was kind of a, uh, replay do lie sort of situation there. I don't know. Uh, but no, I thought, and I thought it was obvious that Julio crossed the plane. So I thought that was, Oh, he, call. yeah, he was in for sure. I, I was rooting for the, I liked it. I don't know why I'm rooting for the Niners. The nutless monkey roots for them. Stefania Bell roots for them. I'm rooting against both of them personally to be happy with their team, <laughs> but um, I, I somehow I just like the Niners. I just think they're a badass team, and I and I want I, I just sort of adopted them as sort of my NFC team that I'm kind of rooting for. I kind of like the Seahawks, the Niners. I, I like the Saints the too. Earlier, 
I don't like the Saints. Why? The Saints got so jobbed the last two years. It, so like they lost on that Stefan Diggs garbage. I mean, who knows? The Saints maybe go to Philly and make it a much better game than the obviously than the Vikings did. And then they may, you know, in the Super Bowl, the Eagles, maybe the Saints win the Super Bowl that year. The next year, they they basically beat the Rams and definitely would have put up a better fight than right. uh, the Rams did against New England. They might have won two Super Bowls and they got on the, like, I mean, it wasn't, they didn't get, you they know, they screwed against the Vikings. Vikings. They just got unlucky, very unlucky. I mean, incredibly unlucky. Otherworldly I mean, unlucky. The game was yes. over. Yeah. It was like the most unlucky I've ever seen. And then in, at a game of that stakes, and then the next, you know, then the next year, just as bad. I mean, the Saints deserve it, but. I kind of hate the Saints. I don't know why. Well, it's because they whined so much afterwards. They got a rule change. And now we're stuck with these in, uh, pass interference reviews every single game. That's yeah, why. I don't mind the why. I mean, I respect them because of the bounties they used to have. That was great. Sean Payton got suspended for a year. Nobody talks about him. He got suspended for a whole year as the coach. Um, they, uh, I don't know. Breeze is still pretty good. I don't know. They're just, I don't know what it is. I don't love them, but next time I bet on them, I'll probably, maybe it's just that I've bet against them a bunch of times and I've been annoyed with them. Yeah. Uh, maybe so. Maybe so. I, I, I get it. I mean, I just, it, it, it brought about a terrible rule change because those yeah. reviews are terrible. They're just terrible. Oh, horrible. It's just, just let it stand, whatever it is. Yeah. I, I'm and at the point the of getting rid of all instant replay. I, oh, I, me too. Me too. You know, just live let, let's the live, live the with the Don Dinkingers of the world and just it'll be part of the sports lore. Yeah. The, the problem, I think, is that. I mean, it's not going to be any worse than like the stuff that goes on now. Like so like, I mean, Derek Carr was inbounds and they couldn't review that this week and it changed the amount of time left and whatever. I mean, who cares about the Raiders Jaguars? But there's so much stuff that's totally unjust that stands still. In life, Even though, now, there's every, everything's unjust. I mean, you can't review everything. It's it's wanting to fix everything. It's wanting to wade in and play father and say, okay, I can fix this. You can't fix it. It just, it's, yeah, but, well, it's an imperfect the, the game. The question is, do we fix nothing because the the act of fixing? See, there's many things like this in in life. Like, you may, be, you may agree with a certain policy or you may have a view on a certain policy. I'm not going to get too political. But you may also believe that that policy that you agree with should not be imposed on others, even though you believe it, that, it, that imposing it on others, mm-hmm. even though you think this is the right thing to do, that sort of fascist imposition on other people is more, you know, it, it's, that's worse than getting your way with this policy. You wish that people would follow your policy, but interfering with their lives is just more toxic than them doing something you don't agree with or think is immoral. And I feel like, um, there's an argument to me, but this is similar. Like, yes, we're going to have a lot of errors that mm-hmm. could easily be fixed if we reviewed them. But the whole thing about the medium is the message, the ref going in and then correcting it means that the result of the game comes from the ref rather than the player. Right. And it's that sort of, um, shift from let's look to what the players are doing to let's hear what the ref has to say about this. That psychological shift is so toxic to the game and the enjoyment of the game that it's way better to have just errors, you know, just and then let's hear what the ref experts have to say about the refs having to say about it too. Uh, right, right. I mean, I, no, I, I turned on a radio today and they had Dean Blandino on. I'm just like, no, I can't get away from this. Just right. stop. Right. It's the well, I, it's it's really the exact opposite of what we're saying. That you know, that interfering is worse than getting it wrong. They're they're going all in on interfering. Yeah. It's it's yeah. I, I, we've made the point before. We, I, I'll I'll belabor it again some other time too. I will not promise that I won't bring it up because I will. 
Because it's, it's just, a big issue. It's a huge issue. Yeah. It's fundamental to how we watch the game and consume this. It is. It is. All right. Before we go on, a quick note. Armchair quarterback is a real-time game where you predict the next play during a live football broadcast. You know what the next play is going to be. Predict it and earn points. Climb the leaderboard and increase your chances to win tickets and other prizes. It's the perfect way to make watching games more exciting. We have a special league for all Rotowire subscribers, and we'll be posting the leaderboard online and mentioning them here. This week, we're playing to the Colts and Saints Monday night game. You can also form your own league with your fantasy friends. The full schedule and game information is available at armchairquarterback.com. Armchair quarterback, make every game bigger. And by fantasy friends, we're not saying the ones you made up. It's the ones that are interested in fantasy football. Important for you, Chris, I figured. Uh, let, let's talk about the, the Saints-Colts game. Well, actually, first about the Saints, before the Saints-Colts game, uh, they actually, the Saints actually made a uh, waiver claim. He won't be eligible for this week, so it won't be official until tomorrow, but... They grabbed your uh, ex-guy, Janoris Jenkins. Yeah, and they have Eli Apple. So they have the starting corners on the Giants That's from right. like two years ago. What could go wrong? They also happen to have Marcus Lattimore, better, a guy who's better than either of those guys. Marshawn. But Jenkins probably Marshawn still useful. What's that? Marshawn Lattimore. Marcus Lattimore Marshawn is the Lattimore. running back. Marcus Lattimore is the guy who like, tore his yeah. ACL or hip or something. Yeah. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore. And, uh, yeah, they're, they, it's kind of Ravens-esque, right? The Ravens. They got Jimmy Smith back. They have Marlon Humphrey. They traded for Marcus Peters. So now they've got like three legit, you know, number one type corners. I don't know if Eli Apple is really a number one. He's a first round pick. And you got three guys who are used to being the main guy on maybe again, maybe Eli Apple half of that. But mm-hmm. Janoris Jenkins very used to taking the number one, the top receiver. And you have that guy as your second or third corner. You know, that just that adds a lot of depth in the secondary. It does. It really does. So uh yeah, I'll be, uh, you know, I, I think that's a, a big claim. You know, it's interesting to see these type of players still available on waiver claims. We've seen a lot of that lately, too. Like Terrell Suggs, the you know Cardinals released him, and the Chiefs claimed him on waivers, blocked the Ravens from getting him. Ravens thought that they might be able to sign him. He kind of put, put the word out to non-contending teams, don't claim me, I won't show up. I don't know if he'll show up for the Chiefs. I know he was trying to orchestrate it so he could go back to the Ravens. Doesn't look like that's going to be the case. But why should the Chiefs let him do that? You know, that's right. crap. You of know, course not. Like a, yeah. A key like playoff pass rusher guy, you know, late in this that's that smart of the Chiefs to block him. You can't do that. There's a there's a process. Then they're about in the like, season. A likely matchup in the playoffs. You know, if they get they have to get past the Pats, probably. It'll probably be them versus the Pats in the second week of the of the playoffs. But yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. That's a big deal. So yeah, I can, I, I'm I'm behind that a little bit. Yeah, you know, Pat Mahomes looked okay, uh, better a little bit than against the Broncos. Although the in the snow there, uh, early on he looked better than than as the game went on. Still not. I mean, it was over 320 yards. I can't complain really. 320 and in, in you know two touchdowns, but it's how they scored 23 points. It's more, their their defense is a bigger part of this team than it was last year. Right. This is. This is a weird thing, the Chiefs, because they can't run it. Yeah. Uh, Darwin Thompson was the leading rusher, and they throw it still very well. But you know, Mahomes is still like top one or two in net YPA. I mean, he's still very good, and uh, and they have all these weapons, but they're not like just a completely blow you out or shootout type of team. Their defense is much better than it was last year. Is this a better? You think this is a better playoff team than they had last year? It could be, could very well be, uh, you know, it, it's, it is a better defense. I mean, I got to wonder, are they going to be able to move the ball against really good teams when it comes to playoff time, especially if they go on the road? I, 
That, that's the thing. It, it could be tough sledding. Um, we'll see. I, mean, I think they will. I, I think, you know, I, I saw the jets against the Ravens. The Ravens defense didn't look that great. I know they've been shutting down Seattle and some really good offenses. The Niners offense didn't do much against the Ravens, but I, I think the chiefs will move the ball against the Ravens. I think the Ravens will definitely move the ball against the chiefs and against everybody. Yeah. What a, that would be a pretty epic matchup. Assuming the chiefs chiefs may have to go to new England first and, and repeat that, you know, winning that, which the colder it gets, it's not going to be easy, but if they, if they were able to go to new England and then they went to Baltimore for the championship game, assuming those teams made it, um, I think that would be a pretty nice matchup. And besides, it's not like Arrowhead's been a playoff fortress. It's been the exact opposite. So, you know. And by the way, one of the Ravens' losses were to the Chiefs. That's right. The Chiefs. That's right. Absolutely right. So we'll see about that. Carolina's got some news. Uh, Will Greer is likely to start instead of Will uh, instead of Kyle Allen. Uh, Will Greer looked terrible in the preseason. The reports I was reading say he just he didn't look anywhere ready. Uh, and the fact that Kyle Allen was given all, all these chances to try to be the guy ahead of him kind of speaks to what the Carolina thought of him, even though they spent a third round pick on him. But the, the Panthers have lost six in a row. Kyle Allen is like throwing like 11 interceptions in that span. Uh, that's, uh, you know, that that's really, really pretty damning. Another bad performance yesterday, three picks uh, against the Seahawks and like two in a row at one point, I think. Uh, so I'm not surprised to see the change. Yeah. And you know, how, how much do teams really know? Right. I mean, Tom Savage got the nod over to Sean Watson, right. Watson's rookie year. And they, they may as well see what they have before they get rid of him. The giants never gave Kyle Lalletta a chance. He got like arrested for something or pulled over. Can't remember. Uh, they, you know, they had Eli's carcass. They never gave Davis Webb a chance. So maybe those guys were terrible and not close to ready, but you really don't know until you throw the guys in there. And once the season's lost, you may as well experiment. They know Kyle Allen is not their future quarterback. Maybe that, you know, maybe this guy's okay. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, so, uh, but at the same time, I'm a DJ Moore owner and, uh, the NFFC yeah, change is bad. Yeah. Change is bad when your guy's going well. Right. And even though I, everything I've read is like Allen's deep ball is hurting both him and Samuel both, but at the same time, and they may, they may really put the training wheels on Will Greer. And that's something you don't want to see. You know, it might be, you know, 40 runs and to the point where Bonifon's getting in there just so they don't drive McCaffrey into the ground. But it's I I, and yeah, I I think it's gonna be a lot of short passes. I think this hurts both those guys. So uh, we'll see. I I hope I'm wrong. That was going to get huge work. He needs he will 388 yards to have the all time yards and scrimmage record that is in range. Yeah, I don't know how much they care about stuff like that, but that is a gigantic record. I mean, the most yards from scrimmage is basically the best thing you can do as a running back, right? I mean, you have accounted for the most gains, I guess if, you know, efficiency matters too, but he's also been highly efficient. I mean, are they, I don't know if they're going to go easy on McCaffrey and I don't think McCaffrey wants them to go easy on him. So I think, I don't think the QB change would, it's pretty easy to throw short passes. McCaffrey also has 814 receiving yards. He could be the second player ever to get a thousand and a thousand for Marshall Falk. Mm-hmm. So he needs about, you know, 80 receiving yards a game, 90, 90 receiving yards a game, actually 95. And then uh, some rushing yards with that to get to the yards of scrimmage record. Yeah. Uh, and they play the Colts. So that could be a you know a good matchup, actually, especially if they lose tonight. 
That means Kenny Moore is uh, probably not going to play next week as well. That's a big loss for them. They gave up over 400 passing yards to Jameis last week. So who knows? Uh, it, that could end up being a really good matchup, but I, I don't know, man. Uh, by the way, you know, I mean, DJ Moore is, you know, has 1,174 receiving yards this year. Just four touchdowns is a problem, but uh, he's put together a really good year. Yeah, he was the year two receiver who showed sparks his rookie year and was one of the clear, easy breakout calls. And he did it. He's lived up to basically where he was drafted third, fourth round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. The touchdowns are a little light, but he's got 86 catches. He's going to get close to hundred catches by the end of the year. That's right. A little, a little disappointing in the rushing yards. He had 172 rushing yards as a rookie, only 40 this year. Yeah. A lot of those, no cam that takes away a lot of some of the plays in the playbook. Cause you get a scrambling quarterback. You can run some of these end arounds a lot easier. You can run some reverses, yep. you know, that that's taken out of the, uh, out of the playbook. Maybe that's one thing that he does more with Greer in there. I don't know. Um, some, some worth throwing in there. Cause Kyle Allen's definitely not a runner. Yep. So, all right. Uh, what else did I want to talk? So that, that one, yeah. That, and meanwhile, Greg Olson cleared concussion protocol today. Uh, so he was practicing on a limited basis last week, inactive because he didn't clear it at a time for the game. He might be back. That may, might be a case there where he's gobbling up some of those targets too. He has, you know, short over the yeah. middle sort of things. Yeah, for for a rookie quarterback for sure. Yeah. Uh, We're talking a little about Ravens Jets. We only just touched on it, but I mean, that since yeah. we didn't talk about that since it was Thursday night, but. I love that. Lamar Jackson has 33 touchdown passes with two games to go. And, you know, he's got all the rushing stuff. I mean, can you imagine a 35 touchdown passing thousand yard running quarterback? That's a unicorn of unicorns, right? You had the Cordell Stewart's who would get like, and Cam Newton's who would get like 10 touchdowns and rushing and 20 passing. I think those are the only two have done it. Josh Allen's close to doing that, but you never had a guy who could throw for 35. I mean, if Lamar Jackson has two big games, he could get 40. You imagine getting 40 touchdown passes and, and you know, 1,200, 1,300 rushing yards from your quarterback. That's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Just need him to be great one more week. That's all I need. I need right. it for, yeah, because week 17 is a game against the Steelers, although it's in Baltimore, so that could be good. But they face Cleveland at Cleveland this week. You know, they want to be able to clinch home field and all that. So this is a, you know, Go big, go big, and then you can go home. There's, there's a, there's a chance if he gets some rushing touchdowns, that Lamar Jackson could have 35 plus passing, 10 rushing touchdowns. You know, he could lead. He could actually conceivably lead in rushing and passing among QBs, passing touchdowns. He only got 2,800 passing yards, so he's going to have a low passing yardage total. But what a ridiculous fantasy season! It's going to. He's on pace to be the best fantasy quarterback of all time. Yeah, and that, it, it's really insane. And to that point, like, I, I, I'm i getting tired of the two Twitter arguments I've seen out here. The one, one the, oh, that's not sustainable long term, so somehow that discounts what he's doing this year. No, it doesn't. Just enjoy the year. Who cares? And two, like. The, and the, how, the, how the hell do you know anyway? We'll see if it's sustainable. I mean, right. yeah, exactly. He's doing great. Like, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Who knows? Yeah. And then, too, like, you know, the I, I've seen a lot of uh, you can't take him in the first round next year sort of things. You don't know. Yeah. Really, I mean, uh, I mean, if you give me his numbers from this year, I'll take him one point one and let you guys pick among the rest of the players. Yeah. If, if forget about Lamar Jackson. Just give me his exact stats week by week from this year. 
till uh, in 2020, and I'll take him one one in every draft. Yeah, I mean, no I problem. get I get um, the inherent risks. Uh, I get it, and I yeah. get the opportunity cost of not taking a running back or receiver in those early rounds. I often wait. I almost always wait on quarterbacks. By the way, play super flex leagues, and that that becomes a different debate. But you know, let's just enjoy this fancy playoffs before we start yelling at each other about first round next year. Anyhow, uh, that, that's the other thing. Like, just oh, I, I think it's I think it's a good question to see, you know where he goes. Obviously, you don't get this year's stats because he would go one one. Right. I think if McCaffrey got this year's stats, he'd go one one, and and uh, Lamar Jackson go one two if he could run it back, and Michael Thomas would probably. Be, one, three, mm-hmm. but you don't So you, you, you know, obviously have other quarterbacks who are going to do well. Obviously Jackson himself was a cheap quarterback that people passed on Mahomes and Watson and Baker Mayfield and Aaron Rodgers, And they went cheap with Lamar Jackson and got paid off ridiculously. Just like they got paid off ridiculously with Mahomes in 2018. And maybe there'll be, there's usually not a guy that good. Cause those are two of the you know top five quarterback seasons of all time, but maybe there'll be a guy next year who, you know, we'll pay it off, you know, we'll be ridiculous in the 10th round, you know, in 2020. So, um, but if, but I still think Lamar Jackson is probably a second round pick next year. Yeah. I'd say probably like early to mid second, you just take him, Um, and then Mahomes will probably be like a third or fourth round pick next year. What about the NFFC with six points for a passing touchdown? Do you take him the first there? He's got 33 t- passing touchdowns this year. I mean, you know, I mean, he's got 40 total touchdowns. I, I wouldn't take him for, Oh, you're saying you get more. You mean, cause it's worth more. Yeah. You're saying that the passing, uh, no, cause I would probably project him next year for like 27 or something, mm-hmm. but maybe not, you know, maybe not. Maybe his is one thing that he's gotten really good at His his motion is still herky jerky. And he, he like throws it way too hard on, he doesn't have touch on a lot of throws, but one thing he's gotten really good at is this decision-making like yes. he's so calm back there, throws it away calmly. He knows when to run. He knows when to throw. He doesn't throw a lot of picks. He doesn't make a lot of stupid idea, stupid decisions. And if you have a guy that can buy time and extend the play that long, uh, then maybe he will throw another 30 touchdowns because he's just going to move around until he has a guy that's an easy throw for him. That's right. So he's kind of like a superpowers, you know, they're going to have to, design some defenses to deal with this because you can't just let the guy run around and either run for 20 yards or run around in the, in the backfield, exhausting your defense and eventually finding a wide open guy. That's right. That's absolutely right. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And he gets Cleveland next week. Be interested to see the result that that game in particular is going to be huge for me. I've got Lamar, I've got, uh, Dick Chubb and I've got Jarvis Landry. So big, big, big game for me. Hope it's like forty-three to forty or something like that. Would be nice. Yeah. For sports and betting fans in the New Jersey area, this is the moment you've been waiting for. Sports betting is available today on Yahoo Sports and the Yahoo Sports app, powered by BetMGM. Yahoo Sportsbook, powered by BetMGM, allows fans nationwide to view betting odds across a variety of sports and users of legal age to bet in the state of New Jersey, and they can click through the odds to place bets on BetMGM. New users 21 or older in New Jersey can make their first $10 deposit and receive $100 in free bets. Go to BetMGM.com Yahoo to get started and for full offer terms and conditions. Also, Yahoo Daily Fantasy continues to launch new fantasy contests every day. Visit Yahoo.com slash Daily Fantasy to enter an NFL, NBA, or NHL contest today. Uh, A couple other notes before we sign off. Uh, You know, Chris Godwin looks like he's going to be unavailable to play. Getting an MRI on that hamstring tomorrow. Uh, 
he and Scotty Miller both could be out with hamstring injuries. Mike Evans is already unlikely to play due to a hamstring injury of his own. Uh, they need to find a new injury here. But uh, this is, you know, they keep taking away wide receivers from uh, Jameis, and they'll eventually say, no, O.J. Howard, nah, forget about it. Just go block. We'll be, you'll be, we'll be fine with you there. But, you know, this is, this is huge in the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, uh, it could be a big difference. I mean, I think O.J. Howard's worth a gamble. Yeah, I do. I do because, too, actually. You know, you may as well roll the dice. And, and Winston has it's gone crazy. Winston talked about this on the radio. He's the, he's on pace for the fourth most passing yards of all time. And the thing is, it's all happened lately. Now he's going to have to do without, as, as you mentioned, top couple of receivers. But Perriman is now, you know, he's getting comfortable with Perriman. Winston, the last few games, the last two games, he had 458 and 456 passing yards. Mm-hmm. He had a little uh, 268 game against Jacksonville. Before that, 313, 313, 358, 335, 301, and 400. I mean, then he had a 204 at New Orleans. He had 385 and 380 against the Giants. The first two games of the year, he had San Francisco and at Carolina. He didn't do much. But it is just insane the amount of passing yards he's put up. And if he were to get another couple of 450s, Maybe he got, you know, he break Peyton Manning's record. Yeah. And that and Carolina game was in a deluge too, by the way. So, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I so, just think of there in the AFC and Atlanta and those are teams that you can throw on too. Yeah. Just think of there in the AFC, how, how much better they'd be as a playoff team. They're seven and seven now. Now, granted, oh, no. look at who they've beaten. I mean, they've beaten Arizona, Atlanta, Jacksonville, Indy, and Detroit as their last five wins. Yeah. So, you know, it's not exactly murderer's row there, but you know, the flip side is look at their losses. The, the one bad loss was the Giants loss, and that was the surreal game with a chip shot field goal. It was a missed field goal. Yeah. Yeah, it was a missed field goal. And they, so they could be eight and six. They barely lost to San Francisco in week one. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they're they're actually a, a decent team. Yeah, they're, they're going to provide Houston a pretty big challenge in week 16. You, you were saying, we were saying earlier, Tennessee might not be out of it. They might get that rematch game in week 17. That might be a big deal. So, but I mean, uh, they, they, and Tennessee is one of the teams that beat Tampa. That was a close game too. That was twenty-seven, twenty-three. Uh, that, that was in their long stretch of games when they were on away from home. It's such a weird year for for them. They went between week, you know, they they went from week three to week ten between true home games. Uh, just odd, odd, odd season for them. They we're, they're going to have a really tough decision on Jameis this off season. Uh, I was reading like franchise tag seems to make all the sense in the world for them on him. Yeah, that's that's what they have to do because we're talking about was Ambrosius. It's like he's shown enough that he's probably their best option, but you never want to take a guy like that and put you know two hundred million dollars, eighty of it guaranteed or whatever you know the going rate is, and then be wedded to someone like that. Right. He needs another full year to prove it. If he can prove it for another full year, do what he's done sort of the last half year. He's thrown 24 picks this year. I mean, let's not act like he's out of the woods. And he's fumbled a ton. Right. So he's still a turnover machine. But if he can get the turnovers down to like, you know, 16 picks and five fumbles or 14 picks and six fumbles next year, well, maybe they will long term him if he if he keeps being so productive. You know, it's and it's yeah, seven and seven. They're seven. no longer in a great position in the draft to get one of those top QBs in the draft either. Yeah, I think so. My view on the draft is unless it's like some historic QB draft, no one's in a good position to get a QB. Maybe the guy at one, one, you know, maybe Joe Burrow is that like right. can't miss Andrew Luck prospect, but barring that, like nobody knows what the hell they're getting at QB. And so, you know, you know, Lamar Jackson was what? 28th, the 28th pick. And 
30. Josh Rosen was the seventh pick. Yeah. 30th pick. And Josh Rosen was the seventh pick. So going through the draft to get your QB is extremely dicey unless it's just one of those generational prospects and you have pick one, one. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So with, if they don't have Godwin, they don't have Evans. Let's assume they don't have both of those guys and Miller. I mean, it's Perriman. It's who else? OJ Howard. OJ Howard. Uh, it's Justin Brace. Watson. You know, Cameron Brait. Cameron Brait. Some guy, guy, guy to be named later. Bobo Wilson. Is he still on the team? I don't know. Uh, it's, they're going to their re- depth chart. Yeah. Ishmael Hyman. Oh, he, Wilson's uh, gone. He's on the Panthers, uh, practice squad now. Yeah. It's, it's basically Brashad Perman, Justin Watch, Watson and Ishmael Hyman. And he, Hyman's played one game for them. So, and he has one catch for three yards. Uh, he yeah. caught it yesterday. Basically, he's basically an NFL virgin. You could say. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, I think that's going to end the podcast right there. And what are you working on on the East Coast offense? Wait, 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 wait. What's what's Chris Godwin's law again? What did I? What was the deal? <laughs> when you make a Hyman joke, it's all over. I don't know. It's all over. It's all over. Yeah. What are you working uh, on for East, on Coast, for East Coast, Coast offense? Easy this week. It's uh, the team I wish I had drafted. Oh, you do this year. every year. Back. Yeah. Yes, I do it every year. Week sixteen, and I think pick one one. Assume I'm pick first. I'll take Lamar Jackson at pick one, one shock the world. Usually don't take a quarterback, especially one that's available 10 rounds later, but you know what? I think he's going to have a good year. I think his running and passing are coming together this year. All right. Pick, you know, two 24. I probably take someone like, um, or I might take Michael Thomas one, one, cause it's still pretty shocking. And then Lamar Jackson at two twenty four, And then in the third round in a PPR, maybe take Derrick Henry something like that. I take the Pats defense in like round five. Right. I think they're going to have a good run defense. Yeah. I think in the and, semifinals, uh, they got that game against the Bengals in your fantasy playoff. So, you know, that's I like gonna be that. Fruitful. Yeah. I'll take Perriman in like round 16, you know, cause I just like his, I like his playoff schedule. Well, that you love Perriman. his, you love the metrics, big guy, speed, always yeah. believed in him. You've yeah. drafted him many times Definitely before. Taking Ken- Kenyon Drake in like round three. I, I did that for real. <laughs> one time, so I, 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 I know that's the best part about that. It's just overcoming McCaffrey is always the tricky part about this article is because McCaffrey has been so damn consistent. And, but I think, I think this team would crush the McCaffrey team, you know, with Lamar, the Pats D and a bunch, you know, and plus I'd have all the guys in the, in the right, I know when to play them in the right times too. Yeah, that's right. That, that's, I'd have like Austin Hooper for a bunch of weeks and then I'd toggle that whatever tight end went crazy, you know, later on in the year. Yeah. Well, that'll work. That'll work then. All right, good stuff. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing you know, two more value meters for the season, uh, and then playoff value meters are easy. But this it, it, week 17 might actually like there'll be a lot of it won't be as many scrubs. I'm hoping it'll be uh, you know, except for by injury. Who knows? We'll see what what this week 16 games bring in terms of clinching playoff spots. Maybe more so in the AFC than the NFC. But I know in the NFC people are going to be playing hard whole season through probably. So all right. That's going to wrap up the Monday Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Thanks for listening. We got Joe and Jake tomorrow. Thanks to Yahoo for sponsoring. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.